I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Psalms. Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Hear these words together. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are His also. The sea is His, for He made it. And the dry land which His hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Oh, that today you would listen to His voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not regard my ways. Therefore, in my anger, I swore they shall not enter my rest. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege now of studying it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, this is your church. I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. We are almost there. We have been walking with Jesus during the season of Lent to the cross, to Jerusalem, to that place where he would prove what he meant when he said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Next week, it's Palm Sunday. Next week, we will we'll, we'll be right there as we enter into Jerusalem. So we're close enough, we can almost see it. We've been discussing along this journey, what does it mean to walk with Jesus? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? We've been looking at discipleship means to be an apprentice. So if we're a Jesus apprentice, what did Jesus do? And we looked at how he prayed. We've reflected on how he studied the scripture and joined together with others to discuss the scripture. We talked about how he served by taking a towel and taking a knee. We looked at holiness and what does it mean to be holy as God is holy and he calls us to be holy. But Jesus also worshipped. As disciples, we are called by God to worship. Billy Graham, the great pastor and evangelist, said that the purpose of this Christian society called the church is first to glorify God by our worship. We do not go to church just to hear a sermon. We go to church to worship God, to worship. Psalm 95, this is a psalm that Jesus knew. This is a psalm that Jesus read. This is a psalm 
that Jesus would pray and was part of his worship. Come, the invitation is there for us to join together and worship our God. Come, come let us worship. I want you to pay a little bit of attention to this psalm too. It's it's in the plural, come let us worship. You, You hear words like us and our, we, throughout this psalm, Because here the psalmist is inviting us to corporate worship, to worship God together as part of the church family. We we are called by God to be a community of faith. We're called by God to be a family together that our faith is not just to be this isolated solo religion, but we are actually called to be the church together. This is our people. I am part of a people. You are part of a people. We're each other's people. And we are a tribe. We are the people of God. It's why the writer of Hebrews then in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. To be together, we're created to be community. Actually, when you look back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, when God created the Adam, Adam, the Adam, Hebrew word, is the human being, God said, it is not good for the Adam, the human, to be alone. And so then God created a partner, one who would share life with him. And throughout the scriptures, we are called to be part of a community, a body. We are called then together to be the church and to be the church at worship. Jesus worshiped regularly. As a matter of fact, if you read the Gospels, you will find Jesus continually going into the temple. It was there that he would read scriptures. It was there that he would teach. He performed miracles there. He noticed what was happening in people's lives there throughout the scripture. And we see this happening in Jesus' life when he's as young as 12 years old. Remember when Joseph and Mary went to the temple and they left him there? And when they realized that they had left him and it took, him, took them a time to get back to find him and they searched everywhere diligently for him, where did they find Jesus? In the temple. And what did he say to them in Luke 2 verse 49? Why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? It was a real part of Jesus' identity and being to be in the temple. That's where he felt at home, to be in the house of God with the people of God. And we're the church family. We're the family of God. And for us to join together then as the people of God is a vital part of who we are. Now why? Why would we do this? Well, the psalm says in verse 7, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. I mean, we're God's people. And he holds us in his own hand. 
worship is joining together to be in the presence of God. One of the things we talk about regularly as we plan our worship for this church, as we plan our worship online with you, is that our goal is to create an environment where you can have an encounter with God. To create an environment where you can have an experience with God. Worship is sacred. It's powerful. We're in the presence of God. And the scripture says that when we gather together in his name, God is right here in our midst. What I hope you're feeling wherever you may be as we're worshiping together today is that God is with you and you're in the presence of God. And that's part of the experience of worship is to recognize that God is right here with us wherever we are God is in our midst, so we worship. I love N.T. Wright, as you know. He is a former Anglican priest, Anglican bishop then. He's a scholar at Oxford University, an amazing biblical New Testament Pauline scholar. But, But he shares, to enjoy worship for its own sake or simply to act out of cultural appreciation of the performance would be like Moses coming upon the burning bush and deciding to cook his lunch on it. I mean, worship is meant to be a sacred encounter. It's not just something that we do to go watch uh, and just to see what's happening, or I just love the music, or I I love the sermon. But it's, it's to recognize this is holy, sacred. God is actually right here in our midst. Tom Long, another great biblical scholar and preacher, professor of preaching, says people need to worship. Worshiping God is not simply a good thing to do. It is a necessary thing to do to be human. The most profound statement that can be made about us is that we need to join with others in bowing before God in worshipful acts of devotion, praise, obedience, thanksgiving, and petition. Come, let us worship and bow down. And when we join together to worship, one of my favorite parts in worship is the music. I love the music, whether it's praise and worship music, traditional music. I love that music leads us to experience God. Martin Luther, the great theologian pastor, once said that next to the Word of God, music deserves to be the highest praise. The gift of language, combined with the gift of song, was given to us that we should proclaim the Word of God through music, combining the gift of language and the gift of song. Music helps us to be able to express our faith. We we can sing music loud and fast, and, and it gives us that spirit of praise and celebration, or we can sing music slow and meditatively and realize that we're in the presence of God and we We offer our prayers to God. Music can be played in a way that seems sorrowful that helps me repent and truly examine who I am. It's why Don Salyers, who was one of my professors at Emory University, shared, he said, we are more than we can think. 
We are more than we can feel. So singing and making music together that expresses our life before God is, in this way, identity confirming and future opening. I mean, we're more than we can think or feel, so making music together that expresses our life before God is identity confirming. This is our being, our essence. As I shared last week, it's our DNA. It's it's who we are. And future opening, it points to who God is calling us to be. C.S. Lewis talked about why he loves the music and the Psalms. The Psalms, as you know, it was the hymnal of the Hebrew people. It was the songs that Jesus grew up singing. When Jesus worshipped, they would sing the Psalms together. And C.S. Lewis, the great biblical scholar and writer, also says that the most valuable thing the Psalms do for me is to express the same delight in God which made David dance. Wow. There was something that made David dance before God, and music can help put us in that spirit to where we want to praise and dance before God ourselves. And worship, we sing. We are reminded of who we are and what we believe. It's why I think doing the Apostles' Creed and affirming it every Sunday is so important. It gives the people of God a chance to be reminded, this is who we are, this is what I believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Worship is vital because it reminds us of who we are. It reminds us of our faith. And we, the people of God, joining together with others, realizing I'm not the only one who believes this. I'm not the only one who experiences this. We can come together as the people of God and go, this I believe. And then in worship, there's this powerful moment of prayer where we pause and pray to God together. And we know that we're joining together with other brothers and sisters in Christ to offer our praise to God in our prayer time, but also as the community of faith, joining together to pray for a world that's broken, to pray for a church that's broken, to pray for the things that are going on in our lives, to lift up the names of loved ones who need that special touch of God's grace. Prayer. It's the people of God in conversation with God. It's the body of Christ joined together in the family room with God, having conversation, family conversation with God. And we give thanks and we act on behalf of God. We, we make our offerings of praise and Gratitude for all that God has done for us. We read the scripture together. We believe this is the word of God. We believe that it is a sacred revelation that God is giving to us. So we study it together. We're taught together. And it makes a difference to to dig a little deeper in our faith as we study the scripture to discern what do I believe about this God? How do I understand this God? Because how I understand God makes all the difference in the world. N.T. Wright again puts it very powerfully this way. And listen carefully what he says. 
Put it this way. If your idea of God, if your idea of salvation offered in Christ is vague or remote, your idea of worship will be fuzzy and ill-formed. The closer you get to the truth, the clearer becomes the beauty, and the more you will find worship welling up within you. That's why theology and worship belong together. The one isn't just a head trip. The other isn't just emotion. We study the Word and grow in our faith and discern what it is that we believe and why because it helps us understand this God so much more. And the more we understand this God and study this Scripture and realize what God is doing, the more we feel called to worship. And we come together and celebrate a sacrament, the sacrament of Holy Communion. It's a communion with God. Again, we just said that we have gathered in the presence of God where two or three of us have gathered together. God is in our midst and holy communion is a communion, a common union with God and with one another. It's a sacred experience. Tom Long goes on to say that in essence, worship is what happens when people become aware that they are in the presence of the living God. When all of a sudden we realize God is right here, I can feel the presence of God, the presence of His Holy Spirit. Wow. And worship becomes that response. And then the church family moves from the family room to the table. And we, the body of Christ, worship God by sitting at the table with God. Experiencing once again what God meant when He said, I'm offering you my body and my blood. Now there's a warning. Psalm kind of takes a little bit of an odd turn. And many times we're tempted just to leave out the last section. As a matter of fact, I thought about doing it now. Well, just leave out that last section. The warning, don't forget about Massa and Meribah. Well, that's where the Back to Egypt committee began to kind of work and murmur against God. And Well, it's not, this is not the experience I thought it was going to be. And they kind of whined for a little bit. And they'd claimed to be the people of God. They'd claimed to worship God. But when things were a little challenging, it became very clear they didn't trust God. And I think the point the psalmist is reminding us of here is is if we do not really trust God, we cannot really worship God. Did you catch what I just said? If we do not really trust God, we cannot really worship God. And the challenging thing that that the psalmist brings up that God reminds of is, is I had done so many things in their life and yet they didn't trust me. So there's the warning. John Ortberg kind of picks up on this when he talks about worship. He's a pastor and a Christian writer. But John Ortberg says, I need to worship because without it, 
I can forget that I have a big God beside me and live in fear. I need, he said, to worship because without it, I can forget his calling and begin to live in a spirit of self-preoccupation. I need worship because without it, I lose a sense of wonder and gratitude and plod through life with blinders on. I need worship because my natural tendency is towards self-reliance and stubborn independence. Worship is part of who we are. It's vital to who we are. So the psalmist writes, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker.